0: Welcome to Closer Than You Think. I am Mark Scott. I have been an ordained pastor, youth leader, public school educator, and volunteer mentor in the juvenile justice system. I have served at every level of pre-K through 12 public education in multiple roles, including teacher, assistant principal, and principal, and I am a published author. Most importantly, in addition to all of my experience, I am dad to two daughters and I have seen the enormous influence that religious and educational institutions have on people firsthand. Much of my life's work is aimed at reforming and simplifying the systems of church and school to positively impact the next generation. I want to help people to find simpler, freer ways to authentic faith and learning, because I believe God is closer than you think. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. thanks for joining us today this is mark scott with closer than you think uh podcast i have a special guest here today simon simon's in his early 20s simon if you just want to say hi
1: hello this is simon speaking
0: <laughs> all right perfect um so what we're talking about is the idea of voice in terms of how people find their voice that process they go through we're going to get into some other things about how other things in our life affect that journey of finding our voice. We'll ponder the question together about whether God has a voice or not. If, if there's such a thing, um, I will be upfront and say that I'm coming from a place where I do, do believe that God speaks to us and through us. And as we unfold in this conversation, we'll have a chance to, you might have a chance to agree or disagree with that if, if you want, but really The main thing I want to do here is take a posture of listening. I want to be curious and and genuinely curious and learn from you. Um, So that's really what the goal is here. I want to start by sharing this quote from Margaret Wheatley that says, I believe we can change the world if we start listening to one another again. Simple, honest, human conversation. Simple, truthful conversation where we each have a chance to speak. We each feel heard and we each listen well. So I'm coming at this uh, in a place from a learning standpoint and and wanting to learn from you. So thank you so much for being here and joining me today. We're going to jump right in. Simon, let's go ahead and start with just this idea of voice uh, in general. What does it mean to you uh, to hear that phrase that somebody's finding their voice? Uh, have you ever heard that before?
1: I have heard that phrase before. Um, for someone to find their voice, I would say... Um, a a form of like self-independence and uh like a a a unique identity you know something that sticks out that's what comes up to my mind uh when i hear the word someone's finding
0: their voice okay 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 do you think there's healthy ways to go about that and unhealthy ways to go about that 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 whole identity piece that you're talking about
1: um I mean, to find your voice can be a healthy thing to do. But I believe, um, you know, not saying per se that you got to go partake in unhealthy activities or behavior. But um, I believe to truly find yourself, you have to to be harmed um, mentally, uh, physically to to, I guess, how do you say it? Um, it's like it's. It's like you 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 have to suffer to be able to find your voice. That's my opinion.
0: Okay. Wow, that's really interesting. All right. So I want to make sure I have that right. In order to find your voice, you have to be harmed in some way, or you have to go through some type of suffering. Is that right?
1: Pretty much, like. For me, myself, um, I've been through a lot. i I suffered, you know, not from people, but from my own actions and my um my own doings and I've been put through a lot as a result. and um it's just like I figure out like what I should and shouldn't do because of what I've done. And I can help people figure out like what they shouldn't do. And as a result, um, it also helps me make like my own image of sorts, which I guess can play into having a voice or finding your voice.
0: Okay, that's that's really cool. That's interesting. So you kind of already are answering this question about where you are in the process. But um, if you're able to elaborate at all on that, what? What helps you in terms, and, and we can use other things like you said, identity um, and and image. So we don't have to use the word voice necessarily, but this this whole process of being able to express yourself. What helps you uh, along that journey? What what kind of are the drivers for that, and what hinders you or prevents you from being able to do that?
1: So, are you saying like what helps, me, what drives, and helps me to find my identity?
0: right Uh, voice so to find your identity identity and then and then be able to feel comfortable expressing that
1: i see um truth be told i mean growing up i was always i i I believe i was very much self uh, unaware of my of my own self I was, you know, of course, very impulsive and had great disregard for people, even to family. Um, And, of course, uh, my life was flipped upside down. I was arrested um, for things that I did myself. Um, And luckily, I was given a second chance at at rehabilitation and, you you know, being a better upstanding citizen. Um, but that doesn't exactly play into finding your own voice. That's more just being a given second chance, because to 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 be a better person to say the least, or have a identity, I mean, you got to well, truth be told, I mean, this is my identity that I'm speaking about. You can have mm-hmm. I, I think you have like a good and a bad identity, depending on how you want to play it out with yourself. But um mm-hmm. with myself, I was About 19 or so, and the opportunity to take uh, LSD, which is a hallucinogenic drug, uh, the opportunity came up. So I took it, and um, I don't want to say it was like the first time that I took it, but maybe like the third or fourth, um, I came to a realization where I was like, what am I doing with myself? Um, It was like I looked at myself through a mirror, and it was objectively everything that i was doing it was just it made no sense i was like i'm here i've already graduated high school just kind of just letting the time pass on i'm over here in bad shape um uh i i can't keep any friendships or anything and it really put me to like a depressive period hmm. to say the least and um i figured maybe perhaps instead of I was put in a depressive period because I was very firm in believing that the world was doomed. Um, Our society's all ruined and everything, you know, Um, that all really made me feel bad, but I eventually came around to the idea like, yes, perhaps we are doomed and everything, but as long as I just try to do my best in anything that makes me feel happy and makes me feel accomplished, I will um I, I will be completely fine with myself. And I think that does play into a part of my voice identity because um a lot of people they don't have they don't share the same belief. And I I feel like if they were to share the same with me, um what exactly shapes my voice what if they shared exactly what i believe then they would uh certainly feel a lot more calmer with themselves does that make sense
0: yeah i think so i think i'm tracking with that uh that's really interesting man and i'm thinking especially of just other young people i know and and students i work with and stuff and Mm -hmm. uh i know there's a lot of people in, in pain. And so I'm kind of putting together some of these thoughts you're saying about, uh, about different things. Um,
1: and, and, uh, and, uh, I'm sorry, just a
0: disclaimer. I mean, this
1: is in no way me or Mark, uh, condoning the use of drugs. It's just me <laughs> right. speaking, my experiences.
0: Right, right. No. And I appreciate that. I appreciate your honesty in that. Um, I'm really intrigued by this, how you went from uh, what you were describing to me sounds kind of like a a fatalistic mindset you know like Mm -hmm. the world and society everything's doomed and um and then coming to that place where you see it differently and i think that's huge like that's the shift that people need Uh, so i'm a little curious i'm kind of going down a tangent here (laughs) a little bit do you know how'd that happen like was there, was there a moment, or was there a thing that happened, or was it just eventually uh, over so some time?
1: How that happened was, um, for starters, I knew there was this album that got me through. It was called uh, Transa, T-R-A-N-S-A, by this Brazilian artist named Caetano Veloso. And um, he explained, he went through... In his youth, in his 20s, I want to say maybe in his 30s, no, in his 20s, back in the 1970s, he was living in Brazil, Uh, that's his home country, and Brazil was a dictator, uh, military dictatorship, and he was always singing, you know, music that did not align to the values of that dictatorship, and so he was exiled to London to... um, to, to pretty much be out of the country because they felt, they felt threatened by him. And so he was very much disillusioned. He felt, you know, that he didn't belong in where he was at. He didn't belong in the world. And he felt alone. And that's how I felt myself. I felt disillusioned mm-hmm. with everything. And so he came out with this album that I just mentioned, Franza. And, you know, he starts off saying like you know you don't know me you'll never get to know me you can't show me anything behind the wall um but there is one song that had was very uplifting for me and it was called nine out of ten and so he's talking about you know he's walking down the street called portobello avenue or something like that and you know he hears music playing and you know it's very lively. He goes to the movies and it's making um, you know, any movie he sees, he says nine out of ten stars makes him cry. Um hmm. but there's one part where he's like, I'm walking down the street and I hear people say to expect the final blast. Um, you know, he's saying expect the final blast and that uh Yes, he knows that one day he must die, but he's alive. And it really it, it really brought me up um, just hearing him say that because it, it, it felt like it gave me guidance um, to say. And then another thing that helped me find it was, of course, when it came to using LSD, I felt like I had a deeper connection with God, Jesus Christ. Um Um, I wouldn't say exactly it made me super spiritual to the point where I was, you know, throwing my hands up in the air and, you know, blabbering out nonsense. But um, I was always kind of confused whether Jesus Christ or God was real. And I felt like that connection that I had made it much more so real. And one thing that really contributed to making me feel more connected was there was this politician Back in the 70s, uh, he was involved in the Watergate scandal, which, for those who don't know, is um, it was, I believe, President Nixon, Richard Nixon. He had mm-hmm. wiretapped um, the phones for the Democrat na- National Committee and it blew up and it ultimately led to him resigning presidency. Um But one politician has said that all these politicians that were trying to cover up the lie of Watergate um, that were involved in the scandal, they couldn't even keep their lies for like a week or two. Like they broke down, you know, with all the pressure and all the interrogation. But then you had the disciples, I believe the 12 disciples, um, uh, practically all of them were executed for believing in Jesus Christ. Am I, am I incorrect in that, that they were tortured right. and executed for it? Right, um, right, they
0: martyred, yeah.
1: Yes, they were murdered and um, martyred, yes. Um, and they always maintained the fact that they believed that Jesus Christ indeed had risen from the dead. No one, if when you compare to those two, he was saying like, if no one's gonna keep a lie if they can't believe it. Like these people, they were they were killed for what they believed in, but then these politicians, they were they had to sit down and they were yelled at and they broke down. Like it really <laughs> yeah. it really points out that there was credibility to this in my opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. That that's you know, anytime I talk to you, man, I'm I'm gonna get some type of new historical or cultural. Uh, lesson our perspective so i that's, <laughs> that, that's cool man um so what would you like to use your voice to accomplish in this world
1: to accomplish in this world i mean if anyone comes across me you know i'll share with them my voice if the opportunity arises um not many people are open to hearing other voices some of them are very uh i say close-minded and i've counted to the point where i would pretty much develop a huge headache having to peer have people hear my voice so it's really more like whoever comes across and is willing to hear i'm willing to hear i'm willing to to speak my mind um in this instance this is one of the instances right um Mm -hmm. Um, but i don't ever exactly intend because of what i said it's a huge headache trying to have people hear my voice i don't know if i want to go out you know get a platform on social media or something and speak my mind um and and to be honest i mean for starters it's not like i have a whole um how do you say philosophy school of thought going on with me or anything um you know this is just me kind of you you're you're asking where I'm coming from and I'm giving you my answers, but for me to like sit down and like record a video, I probably wouldn't be able to do that to say at least um I know I try to be as helpful as I can to people who are struggling um as much as I can you know it's it's a different story I'm talking it's a different story financially speaking, but like people who need guidance um mentally, I can't say spiritually because I myself, like I said, I do believe in Jesus Christ, but um, I'm currently right now trying to figure out why am I, am I a believer? Uh, just this past Wednesday, I went to mass at a Catholic church, and I asked one of the sisters if they knew, um, if they had any suggestions of where I could start, um, and I believe I've asked you once. You told me to start with the book of John. Um So, yeah, I can't say I try to guide people spiritually, but, you know, anyone who needs, you know, emotional help, I try to help them out.
0: Yeah, that's very cool. Very cool. Hey, uh, so I'm going to share this survey that took place with you. It's a a little dated. It was a few years back, but it's from the Pearson Foundation. It was called the My Voice Survey. They surveyed 56,000 plus people. students in grades six through 12, 46% of them said that they had some type of voice in decision-making at some level in their school while they were in school. So about half of them felt like they had some voice in decisions and half of them didn't. Uh, And also 52% of the teachers Oh, I'm sorry, that they said that teachers are willing to learn from their students. So from the student's perspective, again, about half and half, half of them said, yeah, I've got teachers that listen to us and are willing to learn from us. And half of them didn't. My question for you is, how did your experience in school systems affect your journey to find and use your voice or to um, kind of find and discover your identity, if if that's the phrase you want to use?
1: Um. Like I said, uh back as a as a teenager, um a child, a child's a child, but as a teenager, like I said, I was just uh unaware of myself and impulsive and very rude to people, whatnot. When it came to school, um I feel like the only decision i had any any power i had over my school life was just the electives that were presented to us in school and i did enjoy my electives for the most part um my um uh, i I would say i never really applied myself in school and that is one thing i regret not really applying myself because i know i can exceed in anything that i put my mind to Mm. um but yeah. um I don't know. I never really had a teacher where I felt like I really looked up to them. I mean, they were just a teacher and a teacher was the teacher. Like I said, I never really tried to interact with anybody. I was very uh, socially reclusive and, uh, um, yeah, um, I wouldn't say exactly my experiences in school was bad. It was just more just myself not applying myself. Um, Probably – certainly there probably would have been an opportunity to find my voice um i know when i was in my sophomore year i was in was it sophomore or no it was my so, yes, it was my sophomore year i was in cross country no no excuse me it was my junior year i was in cross country and i knew i would be able to do very well i was getting to the point where my 5k which is like 3 one five miles um my personal best was 19 minutes 59 seconds and i believe 59 milliseconds so a millisecond from hitting (laughs) 20 and i was very proud of myself for hitting that um and i knew i could have done better um i know one time i was we were doing this practice run and you always had the varsity leader um, and the coach. They would always be up front. And one time I was just casually, you know, just strolling right in front of them. And these guys, they went pretty fast casually. And I was just kind of like casually going fast in front of them. And, you know, they said a comment like, oh, look at him, He's going faster than us. He's going to tire himself out. And it really it really made me be like, oh shoot. And so I like backed off and I let them take over. Mm. And I really regret that. I feel like I should have like not exactly stand up for myself, but been more assertive of of who I was, be more comfortable of what I was doing. Um you know, and it's just more of an interaction with people in the school system. I, I don't know, I can't say exactly how. The system empowers people, but when it comes to two people, empowering other people, it doesn't really happen so much in the, in the schools.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's a great analogy that what you shared about the, the running. Um, and and um, <clears throat> when they said that you wouldn't, wouldn't you wouldn't last and so you fell back <clears throat> based off of what they were saying, that's a good analogy for other parts of life too. Hey, and uh, coincidentally, my, I actually run a 5K right now at 19 minutes. <laughs> I'm oh, just kidding. kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, <laughs> say, heck, no, expensive. I don't. <laughs> 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 uh, I wish. Uh, I um, is, yeah. Crazy. All right. So that was uh, a little bit about school, and you, you've mentioned uh, you mentioned going to mass this last week, and you've mentioned mm-hmm. some issues with your faith and stuff, and I don't know how near and dear different church settings or faith was to you growing up. But that's my other question is, is we've got the education system that affects people as they're growing up. And then we've got this religious system. Um, if Whether it's church, synagogue, mosque, whatever, uh, or, or nothing at all. Um, how did your experience in religious settings affect your journey to find your voice?
1: Um, so growing up, I grew up as a Catholic. I mean I had I was baptized as a newborn. I had my first communion. Um, and there's another one. I forget what's it called. I never had that one though. Um, so I, I grew up in a Catholic household, but I my grandmother, she herself, she was very religious. she'd always have these prayers and everything. but I felt like just with like a lot of like Mexican households, a lot of kids are subjugated to the relig- to you know catholicism without knowing exactly why and it's just because you know their parents they don't know either and so as a result i would say i became a bit disillusioned and i myself didn't really feel like i had a real true connection with god um and I know some people that grew up in similar situations with me, they themselves are either atheists or agnostic um, just because they felt like, you know, they were forced to believe in something that they didn't know why they had to believe in it. And as a result, you know, you got people saying, Oh, it's a whole cult. And, you know, it's all about talking snakes and about slavery and everything. they like, you know, you have those people who like to twist up hmm. what, you know christianity and catholicism catholicism is and you know those people they stick to it because they already feel disillusioned and um i feel like those people maybe if you were to catch them early for those other people those more harmful people did you can show them the way but for me like i said i never really felt like i had a true connection with god or jesus christ until of course like i said i took hallucinogenetics um hallucinogenetics i think that's how you say it um anyway yeah.
0: i know what you're saying yeah
1: yeah yeah hallucinogenics i think that's the right way okay i'm sorry but um
0: and yeah. again we don't we don't necessarily well we don't condone the use of drugs to
1: no 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 not at all this is just Mike's. but i appreciate you
0: being um, raw and real and truthful
1: yeah yeah i'm not here sure trying to give a bs story to you to try to make your podcast interesting no. i feel
0: like the truth is already interesting to say the least so
1: yeah um i'm sorry let me let me just try to finish up what i was trying to say before i lose my train of thought um yeah so pretty much with that being said um i just want to figure out now why i i, I was why i am a, fo- a follower of jesus christ and i think that'd be more beneficial if a lot of parents did the same thing figure out why um so that they could pass on that knowledge to their children and um kind of I guess break that cycle that's going on with a lot of uh, religious households you know they got very strict God-fearing parents and by God-fearing you know there's I know just a good way to describe that um, and I forget how it goes but the way how I'm saying it is that if you don't you know, if you don't do anything right with Jesus Christ, you know, you're going to hell. Uh, you should be disowned from the family kind of thing. And it really does turn people off from Jesus Christ or in, in God, you know.
0: Yeah, that's um, you're you're getting into uh, kind of one of my other big questions Is is I was going to ask you what you would encourage people parents in particular or spiritual leaders, what would you encourage them to start doing more of or stop doing or keep doing? And you're already getting into that. I think that's so powerful what you're, what you're saying. Um, And I think it's so prevalent, you know, that people kind of say, you know, if you don't do certain things, don't measure up a certain way, uh, God's going to be mad at you. You're going to hell. You're yeah. Just like you said. So I think that is very prevalent and it's interesting to hear your experience with it. I think it's interesting that um, in the Bible, one of the things and not just to pull a verse out, but uh, that it says is that it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance, leads people to a different way of thinking and a different perspective. Um, But for some reason we always seem to say it's like the, the justice or punishment or fear of god that's going to do that
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's just interesting to me how does god well first of all does god speak to us and if so how does he do that besides hallucinogen who hallucinogen hallucinogen oh, i can't say course, the word
1: either yeah. <laughs> well yeah like like that right there is a personal experience not everyone's going to share the same experience like how i did um but i know for a fact of course you have the bible um it, you know of course you could get into the whole semantics of how it was written by anonymous people how the book of john wasn't really written by the book of john but by some other people and how the bible's compiled by how the catholic church wants it yeah i get that but i mean in the end that is the word of god Um, and so I do believe Jesus and God does have a voice through that, Um, but to say that there's any other methods, I believe, um, I believe it really just falls into the actions of people, um, which is a very tricky subject, that's a very broad statement, because, you know, that's, yeah, it's a very broad statement, but like, I just want to say, you know, people will make connections, like, with that Watergate scandal that I was mentioning, Uh, someone had made a connection between the politicians and the uh, disciples, and it's a very powerful way of of how it was spoken. Um, You also have about, you know, uh Moses how he parted the Red Sea and you know when I want to say was Egyptians following you know all the Jewish people you know across it and it closed up on them you know I believe there's actually you know chariots and like wheels and whatnot in the Red Sea where it was supposedly where it supposedly took place um which is you know I believe can be a word uh a voice um to say anything like there's like a direct proof of voice that God can have to where you'd be like yes this shows me that He does exist and is real. I don't think will ever happen because you know the big one of the biggest things one of the biggest things for to believe in God is to have faith, and you 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 it has to you have to have faith if you. If he comes out or he, she, he, she, I'm going to go with he just because, um, if he comes out saying, yes, I do exist and it loses all his purpose. Like there's no faith. And what's the Mm -hmm. point anymore? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. 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 That's good. That's well said. Um, so we're coming up towards the end here. We just got a couple of minutes left. Is there anything else that you can think of that you want to say in terms of encouragement to people, uh, to that question of what would you encourage people to start doing more of stop doing or keep doing any anything else along those lines
1: I say just keep your head up and try to find your own answers don't let people make them for you try to find your own answers and just go from there just think for yourself that's all I have to say really
0: that's a great note uh that that's that's great advice. Um, I often say that unquestioned answers are often more dangerous than unanswered questions. So I think, uh, questioning things. Also, I just wanted to say real quick, you mentioned, um, something that made me think of this for anybody that's listening. There's a thing called the Bible project, and they do a lot of great work about talking about who really wrote different parts of the Bible. And, um, our whole view about authorship is very different from theirs was in the ancient world. So it's just really, it's really interesting. If anybody's interested in that, I'm actually going to be promoting that on a future episode anyway, but um, Simon, man, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. Um, I I am serious. I I joke about it, but I'm serious. Anytime we talk, I, I feel like you just drop wisdom on me and it gives me stuff to reflect on and process for a while. So and I know it takes um, some some courage to share your thoughts that might be recorded and shared with other people. So I really appreciate you doing that uh, and taking oh, the time.
1: Yeah, no. Thank you for the kind words. I really do appreciate it because, you know, um, sometimes I wonder, like, do my thoughts even make any sense? Are they even valuable? And for you to say that, uh, it does make me feel better. I do appreciate talking to you um because you know you come from you know your background and you speak to me and it helps me absorb you you know you're more how do you say verbose in in in, you know spirituality not to the point where like a father is of course because you're a pastor yourself right i
0: i was i was you yeah
1: you were for a while i do remember that um and so sometimes when i have like questions you know i feel comfortable to ask you and you do give me great insight as well so i'm glad it's like a a a two-way road of benefits in regards to that
0: yeah very mutual yeah
1: very mutual yeah there you go
0: perfect man i appreciate it thanks for uh, talking with me today
1: of course thank you
0: Thank you for taking the time to join us today. It means a lot to me, and I appreciate any way you can support this podcast and promote our other resources. If you like today's episode, please share it with a friend. Subscribe on Substack to get full access to the newsletter and website for all articles, posts, and episodes at think.substack.com. There you will find a kit, K-I-T, offering knowledge for your head, inspiration for your heart, and tools for your hands. In order to help you construct or reconstruct a vibrant faith grounded in freedom in Christ that is worth passing on to the next generation. Follow me on Twitter at Mark J Scott, that's M-A-R-C-J-S-C-O-T-T, on Instagram at closer than you think underscore one one four, and on our new Facebook page at Closer Than You Think. Finally, you can buy my book, you don't have to do that for a discounted price directly from the publisher at outskirtspress.com forward slash you don't have to do that, or find it anywhere books are sold. Thanks so much, have a blessed day, and act with grace and simplify faith.